It's Tuesday, August 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Deep Value, Ron Gross. Thanks for being here, man. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. We've got some earnings from some big retailers. Big, big. These are big retailers. <laughs> big. Walmart, Home Depot, these are big retailers. We're going to talk about them. We're going to dip into the Fool mailbag. Let's start with Walmart. And I'm seeing a lot of headlines like this was a mixed bag. It's like uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how mixed this bag was. Well, Walmart's like, been having a tough time. They have been having a tough time. And te- like, if you just want to look at how they do on profit, how they do on revenue, then yes, I suppose technically the fact that their revenue came in higher than people were expecting, we can call that a mixed bag. But mm. but everything else was just kind of dismal. Kind of dismal. They were forced to lower their full year guidance, which you never want to see. The shares are reflecting really the weak performance. I think we're down maybe 18 ish percent um, year to date on the shares. Um, a couple of things that caused the weakness in earnings, um, I actually like. For example, they've put in place um, higher payroll. Um, a concerted effort to pay their folks more, and that will continue over the next year. That obviously leads to higher costs, that lowers profits. So, shareholders, in a sense, are giving up some of their profits so um, Walmart can pay its workers a little bit more. Kind of what Costco has been doing all along. I'm actually okay with that. I'm not a shareholder. I have it in the past for, of Walmart, but if I was, I would be okay with that. I think it ends up paying dividends, so to speak, down the road because you have higher uh, engaged workers, happier workers, leads to better customer service. Wouldn't you also assume, like we've seen with Costco for years, that one of the dividends, higher wages, uh, pay for Walmart is lower turnover. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, so I, I applaud that. I also applaud the spending that they're putting into place to beef up their e-commerce infrastructure, their fulfillment centers, um, and their whole e-commerce infrastructure in general. Because let's face it, they've got to compete with Amazon, which has kind of been eating their lunch for for a while now. So important things um, to make this company stronger for the future. I'm not a huge fan of the company in general right now. I think they have a lot. Of work to do. Um, they're very large, as we said at the top. Um, we'll keep a close eye on them and, and see if they can turn this in, into a fair fight. So, with the stock hitting a 52 week low today, you don't look at it, despite everything you just said, you don't look at this as this is the time to jump in and buy. Me personally, no. I would need to see a little bit more execution. The stock really is where you really would expect a Walmart to be: fifteen times earnings, eight times EBITDA. If if I didn't know anything about it except where where's Walmart, those are probably the numbers I would throw out at you. So it's kind of neither cheap nor expensive. Let's move on to Home Depot. Second quarter profit. In some ways, Home Depot's quarter was the mirror image of Walmart. Exactly. Whereas. Walmart had one thing where it was a little bit better than expected. Home Depot only had one thing that was about as expected. That was the profit. Everything else was fantastic this quarter. The revenue, their same store sales. Yeah, I mean, they're having everything. they're having a great year on on the back of of good home sales. New and existing home sales have been strong, and that that really helps Home Depot stocks up eighteen percent year to date. And as you said, we saw really the metrics across the board come in really strong. Average receipts were up, number of transactions were up, comp store sales were up four point two percent, over seven percent in the U.S. I should say over five percent in the U.S. Very very strong numbers. Um, Earnings up twelve and a half percent. Once you strip out some of these one-time things, that can kind of muddy the waters a bit. So Home Depot continues to execute really well. Mortgage rates continue to be low. The housing market continues to be strong. 
Will that last forever? No, these things come and go. These are This is a cyclical type situation, but for now, they continue to do really well, and they raised guidance for the year. I was going to say, they raised guidance uh, on revenue. They raised guidance ever so slightly on same-store sales. Right. Uh, so, you, you got to feel good about that. Um, I have a technical question for you. Yes. Uh, wh- one of the things I read about this quarter for Home Depot, uh, the average ticket price, which is basically how much the average person spends when they go into a Home Depot. This quarter was the highest since 2006. Uh, does that get adjusted for inflation, or is that, or is that like when you when you see in retail like the average ticket price? I'm assuming that is just in what whatever it's today's just, dollars. I are. believe that that's correct, and and I think that it was up about 1.7 percent um, for this quarter, which which is a strong number. And you're always wanted to determine is that because people are spending more? Is that because the company has r- raised prices? You you know you always want to see like Chipotle, for example, recently has been steadily increasing their prices, so that leads to higher tickets on individual um, each time a person comes. In the door, you always want to look at a retailer and say, "Why is the average ticket higher?" Um, and Home Depot really continues to do a great job with with getting that up uh, quarter after quarter. I, and I've said this before; I think they do a great job with customer experience. Um, even even the online, I had ordered some stuff uh, earlier this summer online, and and it sort of sort of the order got botched up. But w- once I got a human being on the phone, they were very helpful, able to. But I also like. Uh, that when I go into a Home Depot, someone's going to help me because I'm just I'm wow. slightly handy around <laughs> the house. I'm slightly not, but I'm only slightly handy. Yes, yeah, so the, the help for me is critical, and and I always want maybe one or two more guys there than I see. But for the most part, I I agree with you. It, it is quite good, and we were saying the average ticket was up. Um, this quarter, it's also nice to see the number of transactions per person right. was up, so that you get kind of that double whammy there. Two things happening at the same time, and that leads to you know great profits down 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 the line. I don't know about you, but one of my moves at Home Depot is I'm the guy walking in the door with the thing that I need replaced. I, I'm the guy. Who's <laughs> you just like, hold it up. I'm like I need I need <laughs> this light bulb, this specific. I don't I, for whatever reason I'm not able to retain that information in my head, or it's like I need this. See this screw. <laughs> I need, I need three this. of these. I remo- I only needed two, but I removed this one just so I could bring it in and show you. I just walk in and scream, help. <laughs> when you look at Home Depot stock, mm. trading at an all-time high, it, this is a tough one. What for am I supposed me? to think because about that? If you look at multiples, and and I do, I talk about multiples a lot on on the on the show. Um, and I think they can be misleading, so you got to be careful. But trading at twenty three times earnings, thirteen times EBITDA right now. Those that's not a cheap stock, but it's a company that continues to execute really well. So that might be fine to have as one of your core holdings because it it probably won't knock the cover off the ball from these levels, but it still might. Be just fine. However, the caveat there is that remember this is cyclical. So when mortgage rates starts to go up, you know things will probably not look as rosy as they do now. You may have an opportunity to buy the stock cheaper down the road. Well, and that's the thing. Like one of the thoughts that went through my head when I saw, well, this is this quarter highest average ticket price since 2006. I immediately thought back to 2006, and I thought, oh right, 2006. <laughs> that's when the housing bubble was about to explode here in the U.S. Right. So you got to be careful, especially with cyclical businesses. Retail, also in general, a tough, tough business. No company really puts up great numbers year after year after year. It ebbs and it flows. For long-term investors. I don't think you need to really worry about that. You can hold this stock probably for years and years and years to come, but you should know that the stock will probably be cheaper at some point in the future. 
Radio at full.com is our email address. Question from Cody Terrell in Branson, Missouri. Never been to Branson. Have you Never. been there? Nope. It's supposed to be a great place to go. I've great, heard good things. Yeah, shows and all that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Cody writes, I've been a listener since 2012, and I appreciate the show a lot. Thank you. We appreciate you listening for Very much years so. and years. Uh, I purchased both Markel and Berkshire Hathaway this year, and have seen pretty different results from the time I purchased them. Markel is up around 50%. And Berkshire Hathaway is hovering between three and to five percent. I'm taking the full approach on both of these, and I want to keep them for a long time. But can you guys dive into why there would be such a huge difference in the gains between these two companies? It seems odd to me for the difference to be so large between two companies that I thought were run very similarly. Yeah, that, that's a really fair question, especially because we often call Markel the baby Berkshire. Right. So, um, a few things. It's hard to know definitively why, but even if you look at a five year stock performance, not just this year, Markel has significantly outperformed Berkshire. So, what may be some of the reasons? First off, the thing that, that jumped to my mind is Berkshire is 30 times larger than Markel. Markel still only has a market cap of about $12 billion, not a very large company, kind of a mid sized company. Hard for a company of Berkshire's size, 350 billion market cap, to really put up growth numbers like a company like Markel can. Um, and Warren Buffett has even said that time and time again. He said, "Do not expect us to put up the same kind of results, either from an earnings perspective or a stock perspective, as we did over the last 20 years." So that's the first thing that jumped to mind. The second is that although they are very similar companies, they're by no means exact. Berkshire has many, many subsidiaries that are not insurance related, industrial. Um, consumer. Obviously, we saw the huge acquisition just recently of Precision Cast Parts into the airline industry. Right, Precision Cast Parts, which on its own is three, <laughs> three times, times bigger than Markel. Markel. Right. So, um, Berkshire is by definition a very large conglomerate. Markel is a specialty insurer. Both companies have great investors, put up great investment results, um, but their businesses really are quite different. So, I think the, the difference in businesses and the size. Um, probably make up the reason why you've seen a disparity, a difference in the stock performance. I own both. I'm a happy shareholder of both. I would continue to own both, but I would expect Markel to outperform Berkshire going forward. Markel is based here in Virginia, uh, not necessarily all that close to Full HQ. Were you part of the? I think we had a group that went down. And visited them in the last year or two. Were you part of that group? I, I didn't have the pleasure of visiting them, but I have had dinner with Tom Gaynor before, their oh, chief investment officer, well. um, as part of a group, not just a one on one thing. And um, he's actually um, been to the full many times. And as I said, um, both companies have great investors behind them um, that invest the float, if you will, um, that comes in from insurance premiums. And Tom Gaynor is that guy for Markel. Um, not only a fantastic guy, but Really incredible investment results over long periods of time, and and that's one reason that I, I really like Markel as a core holding, really for anyone's portfolio. What's the weirdest thing you think they insure? Because they, I <laughs> they mean, do when some we say, interesting things. When we say specialty insurer, they, I mean, some of it yeah. is, is pretty obscure. Ballet studios, dude ranches, um, some interesting stuff there. Th those are probably among the the more unique dude ranches. Dude ranches. Somebody's got to do it. I suppose somebody has to do it, but. Do you think that's those horses the, can buck? I, I, believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen movies. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've seen City Slicker. Come on, 
Do you think Tom Gaynor was the one uh, <laughs> determining that, or do you think he sent someone from his team? Like, no, 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 you go out to Wyoming and check this thing out. I'm not getting what, from what I know about Tom. I, I don't think he was putting on the stirrups and heading out west. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.